Uh, today we have the honor and privilege to hear Davy and Jeanette come and share, and uh, they are going to be sharing their testimony. For those that are joining us for the first time, we are continuing our series, our summer testimony series, through the Songs of Solomon, and we are taking um, some time in hearing the testimonies of members in our church. We're taking some time to, to, to bring up members from our church to share the experience that they have in falling in love with God. And then out of that, learning what, what, what that love looks like and what that love means. Because in 1 John 4, 7, it says, let us love one another for love comes from God. Right? So all of these love stories, all of the love that we experience in this world really does come from God. And so it's experiencing that first love with God and then as couples, how we actually, how they have come together. And today we get to hear from Davy and Jeanette and their testimony. Um, but before I bring them up, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God of love and that you have first loved us. So Father God, as Davy and Jeanette come and speak, Lord, may you use their testimony to give and bear witness of who you are. And Lord, may the testimony that's given to, to give you glory. So Lord, we thank you for this time. May your spirit come and may your spirit just wash over the homes that we're sitting in and, and, and uh, the service that we're in today. And so Lord, we, we give this time to you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Davy and Jeanette, come on up. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our cell group members to be here to support us. And also, I would like to thank God for this opportunity uh, for us to share our, the snapshots of our life, uh, our testimonies. Uh, we can sum up this to, we do not deserve it, yet He relentlessly pursued us, His gift and calling is irrevocable. He overwhelms us with his love so that we can love him back. Uh, I was born and raised in a Christian family. Early in my preteen life, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was baptized at the age of uh, nine. I began to experience God in my life. I received healing. I experienced God answering my prayer. I know He is real, but I didn't have that intimate relationship with Him. The only relationship I know is that God answers prayer. Uh, he's kind of like my genie uh, who makes my wish come true. But... Uh, that's the only relationship I have with him. After a while, maybe a year or so, I begin to backslide. That was about 10, 11. Although I regularly attend church uh, because my mom asked me so, I was only physically present, but my mind and spirit is away. And Around that time, I became more adventurous. It started when I joined a group where I learned a lot of things in a bad way. During those times, uh, where the dark 
were the darkest years of my life. Most of the Saturdays, uh, we often play basketball. And then uh, oftentimes after basketball, basketball is just an excuse. I, we just go to uh, somebody's house, wherever it's open, when the, whenever uh, parents are away. So we hang out. Uh, normally we watch adult films. And sometimes uh, we, we smoke, sometimes drink, sometimes gambling. Uh, one of my friend's brother was a drug dealer. Uh, he has gradually enticed me to smoke weed. Um, at first I refused, but eventually I gave in. So we did a lot of times, I did a lot of times those things during those years. Um, I began to abuse God's grace. It seems to me every time I sin, I can just come to God and ask for forgiveness. It became my license of sinning. Although I was away from God, but God didn't leave me. He continued to watch over me. At one time, he intervened in my life. As a consequence of what I did, I got ill and was hospitalized for more than two weeks. I acquired hemorrhagic fever coupled with tetanus, which also affected my heart. One afternoon, I, I had a convulsion that I could not breathe and loss of consciousness. I was almost dying. I can only recall my mom was telling me to pray, Lord, please save me. While I was praying, the last things I hear were the doctors and nurses are trying to save my life. At the same time, I can only see bright light and nothing else. It was a close death experience. So God intervened in my life. However, I continued my life of independence of God. But he did not give, me, give up on me. To reign me, he opened my eyes. And I saw the prettiest girl in my life. <laughs> she was uh, in the same school with me. Same grade, actually. Uh, it's still vivid, the picture, how I saw her. She was standing on a playground with her ponytail, seeing her very unique eyebrow, her jawline, her neckline. <laughs> which made me say, I think I'm in love. This is for real. I wanted to impress her, so I behaved myself the best I can be. This is how God reigned me. Take, take hold of me. Though it was a change on the outside, but very little change from the inside. Nonetheless, it, it helped. Jeanette was known to be challenging to court with. There's a lot of boys wanting to court her but had given up after initial step because the moment she knew that you're courting her, she'll just outright reject to your embarrassment. 
taking into consideration I don't want to get embarrassed, so I didn't move right away. Instead, I seriously studied her, uh, did some surveillance, <laughs> until God's appointed time came. We were in junior high that I began to began my moves discreetly. <laughs> Unlike Davy, uh, I was not born in a Christian family, although we consider ourselves as a Roman Catholic, but uh, we didn't really have that, this family faith. So occasionally we go to Sunday for a Catholic Mass, and sometimes I, uh, I do some uh, practice some uh, Buddhist rituals because of my grandma. So in short, I'm a practicing idolater since I was small. And I used to offer, uh, offer food, and we did some like poppy to the Buddhist thing. I follow what my grandma told me. So, although I believe that there is God, but I do not really know know Him. One time I was praying in a statue. Uh, I think that was uh, I was in a Catholic church, and uh, I began to ask myself why I'm praying to this God, which, made, which is made of stone, has, a, has an ears but cannot hear, has a mouth but cannot speak. So <clears throat> I began to wonder and began to search. <clears throat> I tried to find him in the, ma <clears throat> in the mass, and I began to uh, watch the 700 club. Uh, there was a 700, I, I know they're still here. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I began watching uh, 700 Club, and one night, as I was uh, watching a 700 Club, I just knew God spoke to me so clearly. I realized that I am a sinner, I needed a savior. And only by accepting Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior can I only be saved. So I confessed and repented of my sins and received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I remember that night uh, while I was watching that uh, show, I knelt down before the TV crying and prayed the sinner's prayer with the evangelist Robert Patterson. Around that time, God miraculously emboldened Davy, moved Davy to take his first move. <laughs> he phoned me to tell me that his grandma died because our grandparents, are, are clo our, our family are a close uh, uh, family. We are, uh, his family and my family have known each other. So, because our grandparents landed in the same town when they were immigrants in the Philippines. So, um, he phoned me and told me that his grandma died. And I was surprised, but candidly, that was followed by so many phone calls and visits. And I was caught unaware that he was began uh, courting me, and I began to like him. <laughs> and then during the courtship time, he tried to introduce Jesus to me. At first, uh, I couldn't believe that uh, Davy was a Christian, knowing who he was, because he is kind of notorious in our class. But God sent even a raven to supply my need. I was saved, 
I was introduced to a church and I, was, I got baptized. I remember how earnest it was for me to get saved, crying even in the phone, trying to convince me to receive Jesus. But that David sounded real to me, of course. I already received Jesus before, beforehand. But somehow I prayed with him. So fast forward uh, two years since we became a childhood sweetheart. That was uh, on our junior high. We became childhood sweetheart. Please don't follow us. <laughs> uh, he went to Manila, and uh, after we graduated uh, from high school, he went to Manila, and I stayed in our hometown. Uh, he studied uh, college in Manila, and I, and I, and I was in our, our hometown. And we have a long-distance love affair. It's not easy because there's no smartphone, no internet. We only communicate by mail. It's a snail mail. It took you a week or two to receive his mail, but that was a sweet moment for us. After I was baptized, my life was changed. Aside from the search is over, I never felt lonely, even Davy was away. Though I was sad every time he flies to Manila, and I'm excited every time he came home, but I never felt the emptiness and loneliness because Jesus is with me. He is more than life to me. I get so excited to have fellowship with God. I have my early morning devotion every day. I can sense his presence. I can talk to him, and God talks to me. Every night, I remember every night, I get so excited, and I'm looking forward for, for another day because in the morning, I will have a chance to have fellowship with the Lord pray and read his Bible. That was a really a sweet moment, the time when I was saved. I believe God protected our relationship even before, even we have a long-distance love affair, which lasted for 10 years before we got married. In college, uh, since I don't have to impress Jeanette anymore, I'm back to my old self. God is showing me I cannot change myself. I can only suppress Suppress it, but I cannot change it. Despite all this, God is very patient with me. He even healed me of my allergy rhinitis, which I had since junior high. I sneezed a lot every morning. A little dust, cold weather will make me sneeze a lot. He completely healed me of that when I earnestly prayed for it. Then again, I continued with my ways. Even so, God didn't give up on me. So God literally shook the heaven and the earth to call me back to him. In 1990, there was a great earthquake in the Philippines. I was on the road when, I, when the earth moved. I saw electric pulse are swinging, transformer blowing up. Uh, like it's almost falling on me. There were chaos in the street. Fear began to creep on me. God started his work in me. And one night, just a few weeks after that happened, God sent two brothers to speak to me, saying it was a reminder from God that God shakes the heaven and the earth to remind his people to turn to God. That night, I couldn't sleep. 
I feel so uneasy until I finally humbled myself before God. I started by asking forgiveness of forgetting him, um, putting him aside. But suddenly, there was a flashback in my mind, vividly playing like a movie before my eyes. All the sins that I have committed, even the sins that I was hiding and trying to forget, including the time I rented out myself for $2 to a gay. Needless to say, what else I did. Those really brought me to my knees that night. I believe it, it was the Holy Spirit working in me. I saw how God sacrificed himself just to save me. I realized how God relentlessly pursued me despite of what I did, despite of turning away from him. Yet he overwhelmed me with his immense love. I can still feel it. I can still feel his love even to this day. It will be 30 years from September 1st. His gift and calling is irrevocable. A year later, I graduated from college, went back to my hometown. There I served the Lord together with Jeanette, which made us to desire that our family will serve the Lord just like Joshua declared, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That became our confession when we got married and prayed upon by the pastor. So after we got married, uh, life was good. Everything was smooth and uh, business was doing well. And I got two children that was Hannah and Joss. And we went travel uh, and wanting to have uh, two more children. But God gave us another one, that's Solomon. And we were given the opportunity to become a sole distributor of Energizer battery to an island of six million uh, people. So we're the sole distributor for that. And um, life was good and everything was so perfect. And we continued serving in the church and uh, we even opened our home to our church because that time we were rebuilding our church building. So uh, because we, uh, we live in a, in a building and our second and uh, third uh, floor are empty. So uh, we have our church uh, stay there for two years uh, without rent and uh, even the full-time workers stayed in our house for two years. So um, they began gathering to our church uh, every Sunday for 100, 150 people of regular attendees every Sunday. And aside from that, we have a daily, uh, uh, we have a prayer meeting, Bible study meeting in our home. So life was good until our faith got tested. In a blink of an eye, everything collapsed. I remember the time, that was year 2000, I was uh, pregnant then by, pregnant, yeah. And it began when Chevron, uh, because my father was a distributor of an oil company, so it began when the Chevron bought Caltex Philippines from Texaco. There was a change in their policy and that turned out the whole thing upside down. Since our business and Davis business are interconnected, our two major banks uh, cut off our credit line 
and after Chevron called off the bank guarantee, so our cash flow began to suddenly stop. And in a blink of an eye, we, it was wiped out. We always hear voices saying, you serve God. You open your home to God, to God's church, why he allowed such things to happen. But thank God, uh, God by God's grace, uh, we did not question God's love for us. By God's grace, we continue to believe in his love and continue to serve him. And because of that uh, anxiety and stress, both of us are in constant argument, uh, sometimes blaming each other. But by God's grace, we maintain our church life, drawing strength from collective worship. Yet sometimes at home, we often fight. One night while we were fighting, I couldn't recall what, was, what we were fighting about but I know it wasn't my fault. <laughs> when God whisper, whispered to me to say sorry to her, I argued to God, uh, it's not my fault. Why should I say sorry? It will just uh, spoil her. But God prevailed. And so I submitted and said uh, sorry to her. Amazingly, God's way is always the best way. That moment, I, the moment I said sorry to her, it released me and released her as well. I can remember from that night onward, we rarely fight. So God was showing me that he is at work. He never left us. Then I believe God also moved Jeanette to think of immigrating to Canada. But I was not into it at first. So he, I hesitantly agreed to prepare our documents. But in 2008, we were wiped out again by the flood this time. Again, Jeanette pushed me to do it quickly. I then submitted our application to appease her, but my heart wasn't there. Processing was slow. It, nearly, it normally takes five to 10 years. A year passed, nothing happened until God rebuked me by a promise. Then I realized God wants us, wants our family to move to Canada. God arranged a consultant for us. So in the year 2009, uh, we withdraw our original uh, application and updated our documents and we submitted our, our documents in the year 2009. Amazingly, in a short of nine months, uh, we were able to get our permanent resident visa and landed in the fall of 2010. That was just before winter. I remember uh, the time in the mid of 2010, the Lord promised to me and he told me, come before winter. So uh, after, after a month, after... After two months, we got our, our permanent visa. We, uh, we bought ticket and we come here in November. That was November 11th, Remembrance Day. So we came before winter, just as what the Lord had promised. And indeed, um, his love for us is better than wine. 
I can sum up to this that before I only heard of God, I only heard of him, but after all of these things that had happened, I can say that now my eyes have seen the Lord. Seeing how God had met us with the blessing of his goodness, that he is not only our God in, in good times, but he is more real to us during our difficult times. He never leave us nor forsake us. He kept our heart to continue to believe in his love. And I can say that God is the restorer of all things, and he never, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Looking back now, we are so grateful to God on how his grace carried us through all this without us needing to numb ourselves with drugs and alcohol. His grace is indeed sufficient for us. In 2015, we received our prophetic word from Ben and Greg. And towards the end, Greg paused and said, and last thing, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said it two times. We may have forgotten it, but God never for had forgotten it. God was preparing us for, an, for our worst trial yet. We didn't realize what went through Hannah, our only daughter, that time until a few months prior to her sharing of her first testimony last year. I kept hearing God is saying, redemption, redemption. I ponder upon it until I began to sense God is telling me something had happened to my daughter. I had struggled because it is my biggest fear. But God is ahead of me. He uses his love to comfort me and tell me he created all things. He can redeem. He is able to restore, renew, recreate anything and anyone. Few days later, Hannah disclosed to me what had happened to her years ago. It shook me to my core. I was immediately comforted by God when he reminded me of his redemption. What we can say today is uh, we don't deserve it, but he relentlessly pursued us and overwhelmed us with his love that enabled us to love him back. Glory be to our God. Amen. Thank you, Davy and Jeanette, for that sharing. What a story, a story of young love that's blossomed and tested over time. In Songs of Songs, we see these characters of, of Solomon and the Shunammite woman, and we see the, the love that, that is between them, and we see the ebbs and flow of how they're separated and come together and separated and come together, and that their love was tested, and that even our love with God in many times in our relationship with God, it gets tested as well. And as Davy and Jeanette shared, there's so many things that we could pull out of it and, and, and realize just God's faithfulness in our lives. 
And sometimes we may not even see that God is faithful and that God is there and that God is in all of the moments that we need to go through, whether they are good moments of salvation where we get to see God and God comes and pursues us and relentlessly comes and says, I love you, I want you, and I want you to be with me. And those sweet moments of salvation saying yes to God and saying, I want to be with you too. And then there are moments where we go through trials, trials that we don't anticipate, trials that sometimes are not chosen by us. Some, yes, they are chosen by us, and we decide that we're going to go against what God has, 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 has given us. But yet he always uses the experiences and the trials that we go through to bring us back. Always, always relentlessly pursuing us to bring us back. As we see this story, today I want to focus on one part of it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Sons of Solomon's chapter 8, verse 8. In this narrative, as, as, as the, the, the poetry is coming to an end, it's, it says this, it's, it's the friends speaking, the friends of the Shunammite woman, and, and particularly in this case, it's the brothers. And what they, they say here is this, he says, we have a little sister, and her breasts are not yet grown. What shall we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we build towers of silver on her. And if she is a door, we will enclose her with panels of cedar. This is something where, taken in context, where the brothers are in a place of protecting their sister. We know that the Shunammite woman actually, we, we don't actually know where the father is. There's no real father figure in her life. She is raised by her mother. She is raised in, in, in poor conditions. She doesn't come from a family where, where it's, uh, it, it's steady, but yet in this place, she has these brothers that look out for her. And she says, we have a little sister, and she's still not mature yet. But on the day that she is, comes into maturity, up until that day that she is married off into, into that place, we need to know who our sister is. And it says that if she is a wall, we need to build towers of silver on her. But if she is a door, then we need to enclose her with panels of cedar. What it's saying here and what, what this speaks to is that this is a very, very pastoral stance that is, has been taken here. And it's a stance that we could take, especially for women and the sisters in the church, but I feel like in this day and age, it also is about men as well. And it is that it speaks to the approach in the relationships that we could either be a wall or we could be a door. A wall is something that cities build, especially old cities. They will build walls around these cities for protection. What a wall does is it provides security, it, it shelters, it defines an area, it's for defense, it's a structure that serves and holds, holds things back. Whereas a door, the primary purpose is it allows ingress and egress in a wall and it gives access to what's inside and behind those walls. And so what, what the poetry is actually saying here is that 
we have two, two stands that we could take. We could either be a wall or we could be a door. And as we heard the testimony today that was spoken, Davy had to conquer a huge wall. Jeanette was a wall. She was one like the Shunammite woman that had great character and great wisdom and said, I need to protect myself. I need to make sure that I save myself for my husband. I need to make sure that I save my emotions, my feelings, and not let people take advantage of who I am. And so when boys came after her, she said, no. I could actually see Jeanette doing that. She may be sweet and nice, and she may be, as, as you, you get to know her and as you get to see her, she might, you're, you're like, oh, Jeanette, she's just the sweetest lady. But you cannot walk over this lady. She is a wall. She is impenetrable. She knows what she stands for. She is solid in her foundation and who Christ is for her. And so when Davy first laid eyes and as he spoke in the poetry over Jeanette and just notices her jawlines and her neckline and how beautiful she was standing there in the courtyard, we see Jeanette, just this wall of a person. Wisdom oozing out of her. Any boys that come and approach, nope, not for me. So Davy had to change his strategy. Davy had to change his strategy in terms of how he approached, but in a way, it almost becomes this place where it's like, it's a protection that God placed over Jeanette that forces Davy to be like, I need to approach this differently. I need to approach this in a way that speaks to her heart. I need to approach this in a way that comes in and respects her. Sometimes, and especially in, in our society today, when girls do that, all of a sudden it's like this bad thing. Like guys are like, well, she's too hard. It's almost like they, they turn this great thing into a negative. Whereas for girls, I encourage you and implore you, and I, as a pastor, I want to encourage you to have those high standards for yourself. To not allow men to come in and just play with your emotions. To come to a place where you're, you're saying, you know what, I will let you in when I know that you could speak to my heart and know who my God is. Because my God loves me more than you could ever love me. And unless you could be like Jesus is to the church, you don't deserve me. That's what girls need to do. That is the wall that, that, that we're talking about here. The other aspect of it is the door, the aspect of the door where, where, where people just let anybody come in and out of their relationships. And they have access in and out, and it's almost like this revolving door. And, and, and in this day and age, the revolving door is just like, oh, we're going to go on Tinder and try out all these dates and go on all these dates and try all these things out. But the reality is you're really just putting damage into what you're protecting. And so the brothers are saying that if she is a wall, let's build towers of silver for her to celebrate her, to, to encourage her in the way that she is, in the way that she holds herself. 
But if she is a door, we will enclose her with panels of silver. We will barricade those doors. This is both an encouragement for singles that are out there. They're still looking for their partner. That if you know yourself, I'm not saying that you should be a wall if you're a door. I'm not saying that. You're not, just know what you are. If you're a wall, stay that way. If you're a door, be a door. But make sure that you have people and friends that love you and protect you that can board up that door for you. And if you're a parent, if you're a parent, make sure you know your children. Make sure you know whether your, your daughters or sons are walls or doors. If you know that they're a wall, encourage that. Encourage their character and encourage the integrity that they have. Encourage that they are able to keep themselves safe. But if you know that they're a door, make sure you put the protection that is, that is needed around them. If you know that they're a door, it is not safe for you to allow your daughters or your sons to have devices that are away from your eyes. Because that is where these boys are going to start coming in. For those that don't know, I have a little girl coming in three months. I'm terrified. I am terrified of having a little girl. At first, I was very excited. I, I'm overjoyed that I have a little girl coming. Because I come from a family of boys. Lots of boys. Lots and lots of boys. So to have a girl is something that is very precious to my family. But in some ways, I'm terrified. I'm terrified because of all the men that are out there, all the boys that are out there that are so irresponsible, I already want to kill most of them. <laughs> and she's not even here yet. I have this protective nature that is already coming out, and I haven't even met my daughter. But parents know your children. Don't go to the extreme of just barring everything. Know who they are. Know their character. Know what they are. If they are walls, encourage that. If they are doors, protect them. Lock it. Put cedar boards on it. Make sure that you put the protection that are around them so that when they go out into the world, that they know how to protect themselves. I'm not saying hold them in a tower and never let them, never let them come out. That is even my temptation is to lock up my daughter in a tower so nobody can ever see her. But at the same time, there's reality that needs to happen. You need to teach your children in ways in how to, how to navigate the world. So it's not just lock them in your homes, but give them the right tools in order for them to protect themselves. Give them the right things in order for them to learn this is who I am. This is my character. This is the way that I stand. And if this is the way that I am, how do I protect myself in those places? The Shunammite woman, actually, we see, she says, I am a wall. Verse 10. I am a wall. So good. She is a wall. She's impenetrable. She, you cannot get into her. She is like Jeanette. She is full of wisdom. She is like, nope, you're a boy. You want to court me? Go away. You're not having any of me. 
encourage that. We need to guard it. There's, there's, there's a level of, of Christianity where we see this in our society as this is just old school thinking. But the reality is this isn't about old school thinking or new school thinking. This isn't about how society determines how we are to act. This is biblical. This is how God wants us to be as his children and as his people. Why? Because down the road, especially girls, young girls, I want you guys to listen to this. Down the road, if you have opened your doors up to too many people and too many boys, you are going to pay for it later in your marriage. You will pay for it. Same for boys. This is just a message for girls. This is also a message for boys. If you have opened yourself up to too many relationships that are not good, you will pay for it. And so this is an encouragement and wisdom that is coming to you because God is saying, like, you need to make sure that you protect yourself for the right relationship. For the right relationship. At the same time, I want to speak to those that have already slipped up and said, oh, I've already messed up in that area. What do I do now? It's okay. God's grace comes and God brings restoration to your heart and to your spirit. God continues. This is gospel. God's me gospel message is that all the sins that you have committed, every single thing that you have done in the past, that I can redeem and I can restore and that I can bring new life into. It's just that that is part of the trials that you will have to go through. But at a young age, if you could keep this idea in your head of protecting yourself, the trials that you need to deal with as an adult is less. The trials that you need to go through as an adult will be easier for you to go through because you know who your God is. For those that don't know who God is at their young age and have already done this, it's okay. God says, I will still bring restoration. Yes, we will need to work a little harder on it. But restoration can still come. I can still make things anew. I can still, re I can still bring you back because I am relentlessly chasing after you. Davy and Jeanette have shared many things that they have gone through. Davy shared a lot about the sins that he has, has done, but yet God constantly comes and re redeems the situations, constantly comes and brings renewal, God constantly comes and just brings new life. That sin doesn't hold him down, that sin doesn't break him, because God brings restoration. As we look at the aspect of the wall and door, this not only pertains to our love life, but this also pertains to our spirituality. When we look at our relationship with God, we could build either walls to protect our faith or we could, build, we could allow doors to happen where in so many ways we allow so many other spirituality things and thoughts and, and societal pressures come in to our faith to rock our faith. Sometimes we hear some good sayings out there and just like, oh, that, that must be true, that must be good. 
But the reality of it, it doesn't come from the word of God and it doesn't come from his mouth. It's not good. That sometimes a lot of this new age thinking of I can do better, I could do this myself, will creep into our spirituality and rock our faith. That is allowing and having a door into our spiritual atmosphere that we allow other voices to come in besides God's voice to come in. And so when we talk about walls and doors, it's not just about the relationships that we have with our significant other, but it is also about the relationship that we have with God and the faith that we have in Him. That we need to protect our faith sometimes. That we need to know what builds the walls that protect our relationship to Jesus. What are the foundations that built these things? The foundation is in the word of God. Know this. This is your structural blueprint of building the right walls around yourself to protect that faith. At the same time, Jesus uses the analogy of a door. He says, here I am, Revelation 30. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That God also uses that, that, I am, that I will stand at your door and I will knock. And that if you allow me to come in, that you can have faith and we can have communion with each other. Girls, make sure that if you're a door, that that boy that comes to you, that they knock and they don't just barge in that they knock and that you invite them in. That you have the authority to allow them to come in. Protect yourselves. And then for our church community, look out for each other. Look out for each other. If you see a young lady in our midst or if you see a single woman in our midst, look out for them. Make sure that you help them and that any guy that they bring in and introduce themselves to, to your, this community faith of, of faith. We're a family here. So if Betsy's sitting here right now, if Betsy says, I'm going to bring a boy here, I want Betsy to be like, great, I want you to meet my pastor. And believe it or not, I'm going to drill that boy. Are you good enough for Betsy? Are you good enough for the single ladies in our church? Will you love them the way that Christ loves the church? That needs to be the requirement. That needs to be the requirement. Nothing less than that. For every relationship that we see in, 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 in our community, it needs to be reflected the way that Songs of Songs writes it. That it needs to be in a place that, that reflects God's love and his relationship with us. David and Jeanette ended up, started off their, their testimony with, we do not deserve it, yet he relentlessly pursues us. His gift and calling is irrevocable. This is the way that God wants us to have a relationship with him. This is the way that God pursues us, and this is the way that God has given us just a tidbit of wisdom and how we are to pursue these relationships. And so as a, 
Church, I, I implore you today, and I encourage you today to take these words not only for how we approach a relationship, but how we approach a relationship with God. How we, how we see your faith and how we protect our faith. So as we close off here, I want to give you a challenge. For all those that are single, that are here today, how do you see your relationships and how, do you, how are you pursuing your relationships? How are you allowing relationships to come in and out of your life? And for all of the rest of us, every single one, whether you're single and married, how are you pursuing your relationship with Jesus? How are you pursuing your relationship in your faith with him? And are you allowing other things to come and interrupt that relationship and that faith aspect? Are you allowing other voices to come in to speak ill things into a relationship that shouldn't belong? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, you are a good God and you are our king. And Lord, we want to be able to give you honor, give you just power and glory in our lives. So Father God, we just pray that you build the walls of protection in our faith and in our lives that need to ward off and to, and to defend us from what wants to come into to harm. But at the same time, Lord, we open our door to who you are as Jesus, Lord and Savior of, of our lives. So Father God, we just pray, Lord, that this be an encouragement in how we walk with you. And Lord, that we can come before you and know that you care and that you love us. So Lord, we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for our service. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next week.